0: Real quick, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, we all know this verse, we've all seen this verse. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun, everyone say begun. 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 I'm a little hot up here, Eric, if you can get me down a little bit. Uh, he who has begun a good work. Thank you, it's a good work. Thank God it's a good work. Amen. It's not a bad work. It's not just an ordinary work. It's not the same old work. It's a good work. He's begun A good work in you, in you, he's begun a good work. But look at this, it says, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will complete it. How many of you think, God, that he will complete what he started? You realize by your spiritual nature, I know not by your natural nature, but by your spiritual nature, you are a finisher. It goes against your spiritual nature to leave things undone. It goes against your new nature in Christ to start something and then not see it all the way through, to begin a process and not finish it until the end. And so God is a finisher. But I really want to focus, you know, a lot of times we focus on the word complete because we all want to believe that God's completing what he started. But I want to focus on the word in front of it, the word will. It says that he will complete it. See, the one thing that God cannot override in your life is your will, because that's your will. And you go all the way back to the beginning with Adam and Eve. He couldn't will for them to conquer the snake and to conquer the lie and to conquer the sin that was waiting for them. They had to do it. And you're not going to complete what you start without willing You may remember Jesus at the end of his journey, which we'll find out today was really a completion of something. But as he got to the end, when he's praying in the garden, uh, he says, If there's any way for this cup to pass from me, but not my will, but your will. The only way that he was going to complete the assignment that he came to earth to do was to will it within himself to align his will with his Father's will. See, this year and and the resolutions that you set in January last year and and, and the things that uh, God laid on your heart, these are the areas. And and why do we do those things anyways? Why, Why is it every time January shows up, we sit down and we start thinking about all the stuff that we want to change? Is it just because you're not happy? Is it because uh, you, you don't like where things are at? Is it because you just want to be different? Is it because this is a new year, so we might as well? I mean, what is the purpose behind it? But I want to help you discover that when we get on these things in areas of our life that need to change, need to grow, need to develop, it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. That's why he said that I'm going to complete the work that I began in you. There's something that God wants to do in you that he wants to do through you so you can be a testimony or be a blessing to someone else. He wants you to save money not just so you can go on that big vacation at the end of the year. He wants you to save money because he wants you to be able to uh, uh, get over uh, money conquering you and money defeating you and be able to get beyond that and say, I control money. Money doesn't control me. He wants you to get Uh, On that diet or he wants you to get your body in alignment or uh, uh, he wants you to get those relationships right. He wants you to spend more time in the word and spend more time for not just so you can be affected, but so that you can be effective. There you go. Not so that you can be affected, but so that you can become effective for the kingdom of God. Everything that he lays on your heart is not just for you. It's through you. It's what he wants to do through you. That's why these things are so important. That's why this is so important. Jesus didn't do what he did and didn't make the alignments and the adjustments in his life and go through his life saying, I don't do my will, I do my Father's will. I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only go. He didn't make those statements for himself. He made those statements so he could be effective. But too many times we're, we're only coming up with resolutions that affect us, not really make us effective to the world around us. You know, what, one thing that bothers me today in, in 2015 is we have more resource at our disposal than anybody else that has ever walked on the face of this planet. I mean, you don't even have to have a Bible to, look, to get a verse anymore. I mean, you don't even have to, you know, back in the day when I was growing up, back in the day, because, you know, these gray hairs aren't here for nothing, man. Back in the day, if you wanted to take a Bible with you, you had to take a Bible. You literally had to carry your Bible everywhere you went. And, and, you know, I, I don't know how many of you remember Gideon Bibles, those little tiny ones that had the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs, man, and they're bright orange, And now they got them in multicolors. Now they look all cool, and they got cool little covers and stuff. I don't know if you've seen them lately. We need to get Gideon in here because they're doing a phenomenal job around the world with what they're doing. Um, But, uh, you know, you had to literally carry a Bible with you if you wanted to carry the Bible with you. Now it's no further than your phone. I mean, that YouVersion Bible app is one of the most downloaded apps in the entire world, maybe the most downloaded app. The Bible. The Bible is on over, uh, I, I think it's what, 2 billion devices? It's ridiculous how many downloads they've had. I mean, you've got them on your iPad. You've got them on your iPhone. And then you've know, you got them on your smartphone. And then you've got them on your not so smartphones. And, and, and you, I mean, you've got it on your computer. You've got it everywhere. I mean, we literally have it at our fingertips. Another thing that bothers me about uh, where we're at today is that we seem to be busier than ever. But I think that we have substituted busyness for effectiveness. I believe that we're busier than ever, but I don't know that we're more effective than ever. I don't know that we're changing as much around us. It almost seems that the busier we get, the more excuses we have. And so this next year, I don't want you going into it with a bunch of busyness. I don't want you coming up with resolutions and and things that you want to adjust or look at in your life that, that just give you something to do. Think about how it's going to affect. People around you. Think about how you being healthy is going to affect those around you. Think about you getting your finances under control is going to affect those around you. Think about how having the right relationships is going to affect those around you. Think about how being in the word and spending more time in prayer is going to affect those around you. Think about how attending church more consistently is going to affect the people you work with Monday through Friday. Think about that. Think about how it's changing me so I can change others. Resolutions too many times are just selfish. It's just about what, what am I wanting to change for me? What, what am I unhappy with? That's why we're doing this in December. Because December is the time that most of the population sits back and looks on the last 11 and a half months and says, Man, I didn't finish this, and I didn't do that, and I didn't complete this, and so let me try again. Let me try again, but the problem is is you're ending it one way and you're starting it the same way you started last year. Well, what if we ended different? Maybe that would help us start different. I remember um, several years ago, I was probably 21, 22 years old, and uh, uh, a group of friends got together for a New Year's Eve party. And we were going to Stay up, you know, and watch the ball drop on TV and, you know, do the whole countdown together and just, you know, we had a little party and everything. And there was a girl there, great girl, love God, um, but she smoked. And on her own, she said, this is the year, this is the year, I'm quitting, this is the year. I mean, we're like five hours out, you know, we're winding down, this is the year, I'm I'm done, you know, in 2006, I'm done smoking whatever time frame it was. And so, for the next five hours, I think she probably smoked half a pack. In the next next five hours. I mean, she's just left and right. Man, I only got five hours left. I got got to, she didn't quit. She didn't quit. Because she didn't want to quit. Sometimes I think that we start things that we don't ever really intend to finish. I I think we start things that we don't ever really want for our lives. But God wanted to finish what he started. He says that he will complete. Everyone say, will complete. Look at your neighbor and say, I will complete. I will complete. I have a want to. I have a desire. I have an urge that I have to. Because I can tell you right now, if she really wanted to quit, she would have quit five hours prior to the ball dropping and the clock changing. You don't wait when you want to, right? You know, when you want to, when you know you have to, when you know this is something, I, there ain't no waiting, there ain't no let me get it all out, let me finish this thing out. I mean, I know it's an addiction, I know it's a terrible addiction, I know that it can control you. But the the mentality and the attitude that I've got to get it out while I can, will not. how you end one thing is how you enter the next. And she ended not wanting to. So she began not wanting to. And so it didn't take very long, and she was... Right back on it. I worked with her. She was a co-worker of mine. So it's amazing that we've got to get this down. We've heard it before. We've seen it before. How you end once he's... And God is a God of seasons, I'll tell you. And it's not by the calendar. It's not by the map. It's not January to December like we are. But he's a God of seasons. He wants to get you to the next level. He wants to move you to the next thing. He wants you to go deeper. He wants you to go farther. But how we end one is how we begin the next. And I want to see us begin right. I think if we can begin right, this next year will be much different than your previous years. be much different. But we need to get started now. We need to get a head start. Let's get those things in alignment. So I encourage you to get on board with us. You're connected to this church. Get on board. This is an initiative for our church. I, I know in my life that I, when I sat down and set this initiative, and that's why I said last week when we brought this thing out, I said don't don't wait till Monday. Go home and do it today. I mean, if you're serious about this thing, do it now. I want to read more. So you know what I did? I went home last week and I read a book because I want to read more. That was something that I set out to do this past year. I didn't quite meet my goal that I wanted to hit. So Right there. What was that, November 29th? Sunday afternoon. I got right back on it. I got a book out, and I've read ever since. Why? Because for the next rest of this month, I'm going to finish this thing out because I'm going to start next year, and I'm going to meet every goal that I intend for my life. Amen? And so I want that to be your heart, too. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And, uh, Today will be a little different. I guess you could say we're kind of setting a foundation. You know, I know that it's Christmas, and I know that you all want to hear Christmas stories, and Christmas songs, and Christmas sermons, and Christmas messages. So I, I, I believe that I have done a pretty good job of tying this into Christmas for you, for all of you that are, you just got to have your Christmas fix. Um, I understand this doesn't sound like much of a Christmas message, but. I think that you'll see Christmas different after today. I think you'll see Christmas different uh, after this series. And so I want you to see this today. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over The earth. These three verses are uh, what we know as God's original intent. God's original intent. Intent is just simply purpose or desire. This is God's original intention. This is God's original desire and purpose for the earth. He's just created the earth and man in six days. Everything that we see has been created by God. And now He has created man to rule over all. That he's just created in the five previous days. This is man's purpose. This is man's design. And this is God's original intent for mankind. Now God's original intention is God's eternal intention. God's original intention is God's eternal intention. What's that mean? He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't. He doesn't. Halfway through, see something that he doesn't like and decide, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or let me get to plan B. God doesn't have a plan B. This was his plan and this was his intention from the beginning. Now, most Christians and most churches will preach that God had a plan B. That God decided after Adam and Eve sinned and fell that they no longer should rule and dominate and uh, govern the earth. That's what dominion means. Dominion means to rule. It means to uh, have charge over. It means to govern. You've heard us talk about this before. We're kind of laying a foundation. This is kingdom talk. Because God didn't introduce a religion in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. He didn't introduce Christianity. Jesus is not a religious icon. He's introduced a kingdom. A kingdom is a government system. I'm going to say this. I've said it many times before, and I always get the same looks. God's answer for the world today is government, not religion. Now, I know we live in a jacked-up government right now, and we see a lot of messed-up stuff going on there, and so we don't want to believe that. But God's government and God's kingdom rule is the original rule and the original government that you and I were designed to live according to. A kingdom where God is king. And God rules in heaven. And then he created an earth that was supposed to look like heaven. Is supposed to be a natural picture of a spiritual realm. And then he creates man. He creates a natural picture of a spiritual God. You and I are created in his image, in his likeness, to be able to do what he does in heaven. That's why Jesus, when he showed up in Matthew chapter 6, said, let's pray this way. Our, our Father who art in heaven... In heaven, in the spirit realm, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is that? That's God's original intent, that the earth look just like heaven. That man operate just like God in the earth. That was the original intent. It's the original design. You could say here that God was starting something. You could say this was his New Year's resolution. My resolution this year is that I'm going to create an earth that's going to look just like heaven. It's going to be the visible picture of the invisible realm. And then I'm going to create man to rule over it and to dominate it. And as long as he stays submitted to me, he will have authority and power in the earth. You, you, You see, God gave Adam and Eve everything they needed to defeat the snake in the garden. Obedience. That's all they needed. They didn't need a backhoe. They didn't need a shotgun. They didn't need a sword or a knife. All they needed was obedience. As long as they stay submitted to their king, they operate in authority in the earth. And the only way they lost their authority and gave up their authority, the devil didn't steal it. The devil didn't snatch it. The devil didn't take it. It says he was tricky. But as long as they submitted, stay submitted to God, they're in authority. So the only way they lose the authority is by falling out of submission to their king. And when you disobey God, you are removed from authority. They handed over that authority. They handed over. And so now this is where a lot of us like to think that God changed his plan uh, and and decided, okay, you know, that whole earth thing didn't work out and man ruling on the earth didn't work out, and so let's just bring everybody to heaven. We've got to find a way to get people to heaven. You may have heard that preached before. You may have uh, attended a church that believed that. But I want to tell you today, that's just not true. Now, I'm not telling you we won't go to heaven because we will. That is a byproduct of what Jesus did for us. But I want to show you today that God didn't change his mind and start something new like you and I do every year. Uh, He decided, I'm going to finish what I started. And so in Genesis chapter 3, right after man... Sinned, and right after man fell, in verse 14, he starts handing down, uh, uh, you know, some judgment. In verse 14, so the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are accursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, you shall bruise his heel. This is what I like to call the comeback plan. See, you've got to understand that a comeback does not happen on accident. There's no comeback that I've ever seen in sports history that just happened on accident. Finishing is intentional. It's not accidental. You're not going to finish this year strong on accident. Oh, look, I just happened to lose all that weight. Oh, look, I just happened to get my diet. in line. Oh, look at all the money I saved. Oh, I mean, I didn't even realize I was reading that much. I didn't realize I spent that much time in prayer. That's awesome. No, you got to be intentional to finish. You've got to have a never die attitude. You've got to have an attitude that says, I might be down, but I can get back up. There's some great comebacks that have happened in sports history. Uh, Just last week after I ministered last week and was talking about, remember we opened up with Paul and he said, I've run my race, right? I've finished I finished my race. I, I fought the good fight of faith. I kept the faith. Remember, we read that, Second Timothy, at right at the end of his ministry, the end of his journey. And he's handing this thing over to Timothy now. And I had a gentleman uh, come up to me at the end of service last week, and he says, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned that because uh, he said it was in, I can't remember what year he said it was in, but there was an Olympic runner. There was an Olympic runner that uh, was, was running in a race, and he got tripped up and got injured pretty bad. And a lot of people around him were saying, hey, man, don't worry about it. You're good. Even his own parents were in the stands and were telling him, hey, you don't, you don't need to finish. I mean, you're, you're messed up pretty bad. And he got up and he said, no, I've got to finish. He got up and he finished the race, obviously way behind. But he finished the race. And at the end, he said this, my country didn't send me to start a race. They sent me to finish a race. <laughs> they didn't send me to start this thing. It didn't just send me to line up on the starting line and then get halfway down and something break down and, and quit. He said, God, I, I was sent here by my country to finish this thing. Finish. See, you got to be Intentional. There's going to be things that trip you up. There's going to be things. I mean, if did anybody this year have something that tripped you up on something you wanted to finish this year? Come on. Come on. Let me see your hands. If God were in the room, and he is, you just can't see him. But if you could see God, he'd have his hand raised, too. Because what he started got tripped up. But he's got a plan. He's got a comeback plan. Why are we celebrating at Christmas time? Look at Isaiah. We read this verse every Christmas, anyway. So let's just go ahead and pull it out. Isaiah chapter nine, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six it says, "For unto us a child is born." Who are we talking about? You can answer. That's okay. You can talk. Jesus. Oh, wrong. <laughs> Jesus. You're afraid of being wrong. It's Jesus, okay? Everybody say the name of Jesus. There we go. All right. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government, the government. Did you know that was a government verse? It doesn't say the religion. It doesn't say the church. It doesn't say First Baptist Church of Valdosta. I mean, there's so many First Baptist Churches. I have found the Second Baptist Church. I found it. There's a Second Baptist Church. I mean, nobody else knows that you're not the First, so why not just call yourself the First? But I found it. It's Second Baptist Church. It's over here in town. I'll take you there one day. (laughs) The Second one. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end why because i'm going to complete this thing i'm going to finish this thing see jesus is the greatest comeback of all time jesus is god's comeback plan jesus is god sitting down and saying okay this, this thing ain't working out exactly how I thought it was going to. So let's just let's figure out how we're going to finish. Let's figure out how we're going to get this thing back on track. See, our uh, tendency is to uh, abandon what's broken. That's why we have dads all of a sudden deciding, I don't want to be a dad. Husbands and wives decide, I, I just don't want to be a husband and wife anymore. Uh, This is why uh, we we quit jobs before we've really gotten anywhere. Uh, We decide to quit things when they break, and God likes to fix things when they break. We, you and I, need to have an attitude that says, I'm going to fix it, not leave it. I'm going to get it back in its rightful position. I'm going to get man back, not to heaven, but in dominion on the earth in governing authority on the earth, once again. And so Jesus is introduced here, and it says, of the increase of his government, the increase of his government in peace, there will be no end. There is a government that reigns in an unseen realm that is mightier than any government on this planet. Don't be concerned with what you see in the news today. Don't be concerned with that. And I'll tell you what. If you are concerned, and if your heart is heavy with what you're seeing, we have morning prayer right here every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. And this morning prayer session, we pray for our church, we pray for our city, and we pray for our nation. And it would do you better to come join us for prayer than post about what you don't like about your nation and your government on Facebook. So the next time you want to post something, stop yourself and say, I'm just going to go to morning prayer on Sunday and I'm going to pray about it. Amen. Prayer will do your government much better than your opinion and your discrediting of what we don't like. Amen. And next year is a very important year for our nation. So I would encourage you to the highest to get out and vote and to know what you're voting for and know who you're voting for, and know what they stand for. Don't allow the news and the media to sway you or dictate your choice. Go to the Word, find out what a governing official should look like, and then go to an individual that's carrying those things out. And then know this, that they can promise you the world and they can't hand you half of it. Not one man can fix all the problems that we have anyway. We need a godly man. We need a God-fearing man that's going to turn this nation back into a God-fearing nation. I I find it very hard to even call ourselves the United States of America anymore. We ought to call ourselves the divided States of America or just the States of America. We should just call ourselves the States of America. I remember 9-11. I remember what I was doing, walking to class. Walk into orientation my first year of Bible school. And I remember how our nation rallied. It took tragedy to get us to unity. But we don't even see that anymore. Every tragedy that has taken place in in this last year has only caused more divisiveness. It causes arguments. There's people hurting. There's people's lives that have been lost, and we want to fight about whether we should have guns or not. We should fight about, we, we, we want to ask questions like, when's the president going to say something about it? Why don't we get on our hands and knees and pray? Because if the nation, if my people who are called by my name would seek my face, not seek another president, not seek another law or the abandonment of a law, but seek my face. The only way you're going to change anything is by seeking his face. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, but somebody needed it. (laughs) Government. So the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Why is he bringing a government? Because that's what God was originally bringing in Genesis chapter 1. See, we miss a lot when we don't go back to the beginning. We miss a lot in December when we don't go back to January. I don't know uh, how many of you had to really think hard about what you even resolved within yourself. That you were going to do different this last January. What were my resolutions anyways? What, what did I say I wanted to do? But it will do us good to get to, back to the beginning. The beginning will tell us a lot about where we're at today. So he's coming with the kingdom. With the government on his shoulders. Matthew chapter 4. I'm just kind of outlining that God likes to finish things. I'm just setting a foundation. You could say uh, last week was the introduction. If you've ever written a paper or had to write a paper, you know there's different parts to the paper. If you didn't know that, and that's why your paper is just one big run-on sentence. But for people that know how to write a paper, you, you've got an introduction uh, and, and then you uh, start moving into you know, how you're going to carry that out through your paper and then you enter into the body of your paper. And so I'm kind of just laying some foundation for where we're going because you've got to know that God wants to complete in you, will complete, will complete. It's his will and he wants to complete in you. What he's begun. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, get saved and you'll go to heaven. Right? No, that's not what it says. It says repent. We're going to talk about repentance. Because you can't change your life until you change your mind. Repentance has nothing to do with coming down to the altar and asking Jesus to forgive you a hundred times. Repentance means, literally, change your thinking. Because if you can change your mind, you can change your life. The only way you're going to go somewhere different in 2016 is if you go somewhere different in your mind in 2016. You're going to have to think about things differently. And so we'll talk about repentance in the upcoming weeks. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. At hand means within reach or near you. So we're not trying to get somewhere. Jesus is trying to get something somewhere. He's trying to get the kingdom of heaven, the government that's placed on his shoulders, the increase of his government. There will be no end. He's trying to get that government and that rule and that system back into the earth. He is the greatest comeback of all time. God's original design. God's original intention is his eternal intention. He never changed his mind. He wanted a government and a kingdom in Genesis chapter 1, and he still wants a government and a kingdom on the earth today. This is why we celebrate Christmas. When the devil thought that he had Jesus against the ropes, when the clock was ticking down, all of a sudden we just start scoring more points. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Over in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. He makes this statement. I know you thought that Jesus came to die on the cross and forgive you of your sins so you can go to heaven. But that's not what he says here. He says, I must, pre- I must preach the kingdom of God. The kingdom. That Jesus was obsessed with the kingdom. That's all he cared about. I must preach the the kingdom of God, to the other cities also, because for this purpose, I have been sent. For this purpose, I have been sent. He came to reintroduce the kingdom back into the earth. To reestablish the kingdom and to restore you and I back in that position of authority that we once had. I'm not going to break all this down today. I'm just again showing you from Genesis chapter 1 on God had a comeback plan. He spoke it into existence. I mean, some of us, we, our comeback plans are reactive rather than proactive. But God is, his word tells us that Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Before he got started, he already knew how he was coming back. Before, he, before the game even started, before uh, the first pitch was thrown, before the first uh, 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 second came off the clock, he already knows how he's coming back at the end. How many of you know Jesus is coming back? The kingdom is going to reign on the earth once again. In totality. But right here, Jesus is reestablishing and restoring the kingdom on the earth once again, and He's bringing you and I back into it the way it was originally designed all the way at the beginning. All the way at the beginning. Luke, John chapter 18. For this purpose, for this purpose, I have been sent. See, when you know purpose, purpose will drive you, man. When you know purpose. Yeah. See, those, those baseball players, man, they play eight months out of the year. They show up in February. The season isn't even over. Sometimes even into November. And all that practice, all the workouts. I mean, you think these are professionals. You're being paid buku's amount of money. You still need to practice. You know why they show up in the gym? You know why they practice? So they can wear the ring. Out of 30 teams, only one. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because there's a purpose. You know why they don't just stay up uh, till the wee hours of the night with all their friends, drinking and partying? Because they know their purpose. You know why they don't eat certain things and don't allow certain things into their body? Because they know their purpose. You know why they get up early in the morning to go work out when everyone's still asleep? Because they know their purpose. See, when you know your purpose, your purpose will drive you to completion. Purpose is the beginning, but what what drove me at the beginning needs to still drive me at the end. Just this past week, Kobe Bryant announced his retirement. Anybody knows who that is? Basketball player. He's played... I think 20-some seasons, maybe 20 seasons. And they asked him, why? He said, I just don't have the drive anymore. I don't wake up and have the same passion and the same drive to continue playing like I did before. My body's telling me it's time to quit. Purpose will drive you. If you're going to finish this month strong, if you're going to finish this year strong, you're going to have to get reacquainted with your purpose. Jesus never lost sight of purpose. For this reason. For this reason. John chapter 18, he's having a conversation. He's at the very end. At this point, he's already got a crown of thorns on his hand. He's already been beat. He's already been uh, spit upon. He's already been punched in the face. He's already been ridiculed and accused openly in front of people of things that he never did. Never opens his mouth. His back has already been beat open. And he's getting ready to take a cross to be nailed on. And look at his conversation. Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Verse 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Verse 37. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? See, we thought he was a political icon. If he's a political icon, he's no different than any other political icon. He's a government. Or I'm sorry, we thought he was a religious icon. But he is a political figure. He is a government. He holds a government position of king. He didn't come here to establish Christianity. Are you a king? You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause, I was born. For this cause. So you need to be able to say that about this year. For this cause. For this cause. You don't need to know what the resolution is. You need to know why you set the resolution in the first place. You don't need to know what you want to change. You need to know why you want it changed. For this cause, I'm devoting more time to study in the word, and to prayer. For this cause, I'm going to make sure I consistently attend church next year. For this cause, I'm going to set this amount of money aside. For this cause, I'm going to work on my marriage. For this cause, I'm going to uh, do this at my job. For this cause, what allows an individual that has just went through such horror Stand in front of a man that has told him, I can release you. Don't you understand? I can set you free. And he says, no, nope, for this cause, if I don't follow through with this, I won't complete what my father started. Are you seeing this this morning? There's a cause. There's a reason. We got to know why, not just what. You got to know why, not just what. Even if you can tell me the resolutions, can you tell me why you set them? Why do we want to lose more weight? Why do we want to get in the gym more? Why do we want to eat better? Why do we want to save money? Why? For this cause. If you don't know the cause, you won't have an end. We won't have a completion. We won't finish. We won't finish what God has started. That's the exciting thing about it is, guys, we said this last week, you weren't meant to finish alone. You weren't meant to complete this thing by yourself, Chase, if you come up. You weren't meant to finish this thing out alone. We saw last week that Paul said, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Guys, when you get a hold of God's purpose for your life, when you understand why He's put you where He's put you and what He wants to do through you, you'll discover very quickly that the only way I complete, the only way I finish is because the Lord stood with me and He strengthened me. Jesus received strength in those last days all the way up to the end because He knew his purpose. He knew his purpose. He never let anything move him from his purpose. Even when he was confronted by one of his best friends. Peter gets in his face and says, Lord, may it never be. May you not have to endure this torture. May you not have to uh, die at the hands of your enemies. And he says, get thee behind me, Satan. Because you're not in tune with God's purpose. You have your mind set on your purpose. I want us to rediscover the purpose for why we want the change that we want. Rediscover the purpose. Because he who began a good work will complete it. Will complete it. There's a finisher inside of you. You might, think, you might be thinking, I'm too tired. I've tried too many times. I've, I, there, there's just no way I can continue to go on with this. But there's a finisher inside of you. The Lord is standing with you. And the Lord will strengthen you to complete and finish that which He began. You didn't just begin on your own. You began with Him. And you'll finish with Him. Amen. Who wants to finish with me? Who wants to finish together? Finish strong? Who wants to end one thing so we can go into the next thing? I want to complete. I want to finish. Father, I thank you. Father, we thank you this morning that you complete that which you've started. You haven't given up on us. It may have not gone according to plan. Some things may have changed. Some hindrances may have showed up. Some things may have tried to trip us up and bring us down. But, Father, we're going to get back up because you didn't call us to start this thing. You called us to finish this thing. So, Father, the work that you want to do in us, it's about what you want to do through us. And, Father, may we see beyond ourselves. May we, just, may we not just see how it affects us. May we see How it makes us effective to others. We don't want to just be affected by your purpose. We want to be effective by your purpose. Father, we thank you. You'll get all the glory. You'll get all the praise. You'll receive all the honor. We love you and thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Reveal to our hearts what it is that you want to do in and through our lives. We worship you with this today. In Jesus' name, amen.